Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Let me, let me go straight out on this. Listen, the coronavirus is satanic. Let me just make that very clear. It's a demonic attack on this world. It's not from God, it's not from anything but the devil himself. Everything that still kills and destroys is from Satan. Do you got that? And I'm, even the flu. But anyway, just getting to the truth about this thing. I, I'm just disgusted in the sense that the enemy has this ability to impact and kill innocence. And, it, and it's, this frustrates me more than anything because I just think there needs such an agitation, aggravation from the body of Christ to rise up. But you know what happens when, mo- when stuff like this happens? The religious rise up and start saying, God's judging people. I hate it. That God's going to take sickness and disease of Satan and judge the people he loved and died for. Exactly. No. And just like you said that, no. It's true. And so we've got to recognize that this is evil, diabolical, but also understand it don't belong to me and it doesn't belong to you. Because I can tell you right now, there's a lot of manipulation, even political manipulation, to bring a bunch of fear in your lives. And some of you, man, you just jump on that fear wagon. And I'll, I'll share a few reasons why. I mean, it, it's, it's, listen, what I want to talk about is fear 101. And fear 101 is this. This is the number one topic in the Bible. Isn't that interesting? Over heaven, hell, faith, prayer, fear. You wouldn't assume that, would you? Fear. And what is the subject of fear in Scripture? God don't want you to have it. And what do most Christians and the world operate in? Fear. And so I, want to, I just want to give us a realization of this And not for condemnation, which is a second part of what we need to understand happens in the body of Christ, believers. And it's a negative, and that's condemnation and guilt that comes upon our lives. And so I want us to look at the truth of Scripture that will help us be able to fight something that we should not be partaking of. Because every decision you make of fear is a bad one. And people literally will convince themselves in the operation of fear that they're doing okay. And there's nothing in scripture, nothing in medical science that says fear is okay to operate in, which is very interesting. Even the world says it's not a good thing. So we want to be totally against fear in our lives. But we all understand we have some fear in our lives, don't we? Just like we have condemnation in our lives, don't we? Right? Isn't that interesting? Because God says he's not given us a spirit of fear. Paul said in Romans 8.1, therefore there is no Condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. There isn't. 
But how many of you have had condemnation and guilt? Exactly. How many of you had some fear? Okay, so this is a key, and this is, this is an issue where we get tricked in, is, and that is this. Well, I have fear, and God said, I don't have fear. And you know who we run to? Experience instead of truth. I say, you know what we run to? Experience instead of truth. See, when I get in fear, I should not be saying, well, I guess um, he said this, but I guess. No, God said it doesn't belong to me. It isn't mine. He didn't give it to me. So I, sh- I, I need to place ownership of where this fear came from and say, listen, it don't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. Instead of accepting it, condemnation and guilt. The word, is, the word says there is none, but I've been there. I've had it. So what do I do? My experience trumps truth? No. So I have to look to what does God say? And he says, I don't have it. Then what I'm experiencing is something that I should not be. So when I feel guilty, condemned, I need to go, well, that's not from God. So it doesn't belong to me. Are you guys hearing me? It doesn't belong to me. Fear, when, it, when, when that fear is operating in me, and I, you know, d- listen, this day and age, multiply it beyond any other day and age. Because all you have to do is jump on Google and it'll open door all kinds of fear. I'm telling you right now, media, news, everything, it's just so quick. Remember, some of you don't remember this, but they used to drop newspapers. And that's when you would learn something that was happening, but it was old school. It was already old news. Or you had to wait till 10 o'clock for the news to come on. And then they started having morning news. And then they had it midday news. And they continued on at the continued amplification of news, greater news, greater information. And, and we think it's good, but always remember, the news isn't good. It's always negative. That's, I mean, when you want to find out traffic, are you looking for free, clear traffic? Or are you looking for all the mess in the traffic? And that's what you're doing. Where are the messes? Because I don't want to go that way. Are there messes out there? Is it going to delay my airport time? Right? And so the negative is always out there. And, and I did this just to goof around this morning when I, I, I pretty much had my message, so I stopped. And I went Google, and I went, let me see. I just, I just finished running that, doing the rucksack. And I had different pains uh, Mainly in my, like my fingers. No. I was pain everywhere yesterday. So I wasn't even thinking about that, but I thought, okay, sometimes when you run, you know, you can get that. Before you get that second wind, your side can feel it, you know. I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put pain in my side. I don't have pain in my side. I didn't have it yesterday. I'm just saying, I wanted to put something in there. And you know how many diseases I found first? on just pain on my side. You know what the major cause of pain on your side? Gas. But you would not believe, I'm telling you, majority of what pops up is gonna be the worst of the worst. I'm just having pain on your side. 
And people that have so much understanding and knowledge in these areas are, have the most difficult time to operate in faith because that's the first thing they're going to jump to is the information they have. By the way, don't feel condemned because that's what this shows us all the time. The Bible shows us all the time. We all get caught up in these traps. And, and the truth is, it's the fruit of your lives. You, you've lived your lives. You already show the fruit. Whatever comes up, we got to run to whatever we think a doctor can give you. There's nothing can give you that'll heal you. Nothing. Your body heals you. The body that God created. I know that's difficult to understand, but I can tell you right now, I don't care what doctor, what specialist, not one of them will sign an affidavit saying, yes, I can heal you. Not one. Out of the millions of doctors that have been around, not one except Dr. Jesus. He'd be the only one that could sign. Yeah, I'll put it in blood. But they can't. No drug can heal you. Not, nothing. Nothing. Your body. Your body. Through a process of fighting cancer. You know what fought cancer? Her body. Her body. Now people can say, well, no, the drugs. No, they didn't. They can attack a cell, but the body is the healing part, period. It is the facts. So what do we need to understand? We need to understand that there's a lot of things out there. I mean, this ain't going to be the last type of bug or flu or swine or, or you name all the names. And you're going to have an opportunity. They're going to be in a position where you're strong and can stand in faith and know that you're in a different group of people than the ones that are operating in the fear. Or you act like the world and run in fear. I'm not here to determine what, what your action is, is fear or not. You determine that, not me. I'm not saying taking medicine is fear, going to the doctor is fear, no. I'm just giving you the facts of how the body operates. The body heals itself. So pay attention to that because we have this disease that, by the way, is happening overseas. There's minimal here. But we act like we're China. We do. Are you guys getting this? I went to Hope Depot last week. I'm doing construction. I need a stinking dust mask. I couldn't even get a dust mask. Not because there's a lot of construction people buying them, because a bunch of fearful, fearful people are anywhere you go, there's no dust mask anywhere. Ask any doctor, will a dust mask stop a virus? And you're gonna go, they're gonna say, no. But why are they, why, stay out of Home Depot and Lowe's. Because there are people like me that need those for our job instead of you wearing one at your Walmart because you're afraid of Corona whatever. The drink or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Hand sanitizers. There's nothing wrong with hand sanitizers. Nothing wrong with all. I believe in hand sanitizers. Some of you need them right now. But you know why? It's because of 
how we operate our lives on a daily basis. We need to pay attention to what are normal things we should be doing. Washing hands. Are you guys hearing me? Just doing normal things that help. And if we would do just that, there, would be, there wouldn't be this spread the way it is. Covering ourselves when we sneeze. Pastor always says, cover your mouth. And I'm like going, yeah, but it's a healthy sneeze. It's like an itch, a booger or whatever, you know, ah, too. But that's not the point. The point is it's got, you know, you got stuff flying all over the air. But the thing is, is if we, if, if we just do normal things, we can eliminate the little stuff that a lot of us deal with because, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with a flu or whatever. We're going, hey, how you doing? Bless your brother. Like the greeters out there. Who knows what's on their hands right now? <laughs> Hopefully the greeters are doing fist bumps and elbow bumps and waves. But I'm, gonna, I'm going to have them not be, you know, just slapping hands and, you know. Only because of, it's just, we need to be more, more, more operating in the area of wisdom. That's all. And that's why we have hand sanitizers with the kids. We don't, we're not in fear or anything like that. We just think it's a good thing to do. It's sanitary when you're dealing with kids. Right? You guys agree with me or not? So these are just simple things. Simple things. But don't get all this, don't get overcome and, and, and all you're doing is your ear is glued to like pretending this is China. And you're just, your whole thing is fear, fear, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. fear, fear. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's messing with your body first and foremost. And it is, it, 90% of all worry and anxiety doesn't even happen. Do you know that? That's statistics. 90% of what you worry about won't even happen. But I'm going to tell you what that 90% of worry is doing. It's affecting your physical body. Is that crazy? So even if it isn't going to happen, we're affecting us in a negative way, our body. Let's wise up, love life. Let's be the wise ones. Operate in wisdom, amen? Operate in wisdom, because I, I, I pulled this up. This is very interesting. The cases of that virus are mainly from people that have been brought back here or they flew back here and we didn't know yet and contacted other people. Still very, very minimal. But that's the only reason. China, Korea, Italy, it, it just run, it's running rampant because it wasn't caught. And so it spread, spread, spread. Just like any flu, any virus is going to do. If you're sneezing and coughing and sweating and stuff like that, that's what it's going to do. It's, uh, amen. You guys understand that, right? But we can't get where we're so consumed about something like that, and all of a sudden it's affecting our lives right now. Because you know why? It's a con, and you're playing it. Not the virus, but the concept. You know why? I'll prove it. How many of you in here, and I don't want you to lie, be truthful, you've texted when you were driving? Okay. All right. Let me explain something to you. 
who's got cell phones out, all right? Drop that sucker right now. Drop it. Get away from it. Put a mask on. Right now. Why am I saying that? Because that's killing way more people than that coronavirus, and you don't have a problem with your phone. You have no problem with your phone. You don't have no problem texting, and it's killing. It's 1.6 million crashes last year from texting. 390,000 injuries last year from texting. Six times more likely to cause an accident than driving drunk. Texting. Deaths, 6,000. 16 a day. How come you aren't? We can move on to other areas too. Heart disease. Cancer, heart disease. Let me read you causes of heart disease. But apparently, we're not into this stuff because we'd rather fantasize about something that isn't even. Are you guys hearing me? Heart disease. 1,800 people die a day. Hmm. This thing ain't even get close to that. Not even close to that. I'm talking about the U.S., just the U.S., not the world. U.S., 1,800 a day. From what? Unhealthy diet. Lack of exercise. Being overweight. Smoking. Chronic fear and anxiety and stress. We're not freaking out. We're not going, ah, is, I'm not going to eat the third enchilada. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. We're not doing any of that. I don't work out. I'm not going to work out. Forget fit for life. But we're not afraid. We're not scared. It's no big deal to us. But this virus, we're freaking out. We're scared. We're lining up our family to go to the physician. How can you not that way with these other things? That's the con, people, and I need you to get that. Don't be manipulated. It's ridiculous. If anything, look at this statistic of texting and heart disease and say, you know what, we need to, we need to really be concerned about this. No more texting while driving. And if you see someone do it, back away from their vehicle. Are you hearing? But why aren't, why don't we do this? Causes way more deaths. Unhealthy eating. No exercise. Forget that fit for life. Yeah, but if it has to do with coronavirus, you're going to do everything. Do you guys get this? All right, just a wake up time. Let's get to the message. Fear 101. Second Timothy 1.7 says this. Anybody get, you're like going, wow, that's enlightening to see. Anybody, you know, you got light bulbs popping over your heads. Yeah, good. That's all it was for. Just for you to go, okay, I need to get more grounded. A little more grounded and, and we're, we're cool. All right. First Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us. What does God give me? Power, love, and a sound mind. What does he give me? power, love, and a sound mind. What has he not given me? A spirit of fear. But like we've all seen, we've all had it, right? We've all had fear operating in us, correct or not? Now, you know, there's two types of fear. There's the fear that's, that's the, the, the fear in the operation of being the, the feeling of the fear 
Um, it'd be someone, say for instance, you're in a dark house and you don't know that they're walking down the hall as you're walking down the hall and all of a sudden they come right in front of your face and you're like going, ah! That's not a fear that we're talking about, right? Y'all got that? Or if that bug's bigger than a nickel and it's, and it's flying around your head, ah! that's not the fear we're talking about, right? Y'all got that? Just so you understand that. Or the fear that happens like a car or something swerves in you and all of a sudden you have that feeling. Those are, that's, we're, we're not talking about that stuff. We're talking about the fear that manipulates your decision process. That, that literally will cause you to freeze up. That puts you under bondage. That makes you make decisions that have no rhyme or reason. It's just because of fear. These are things important to understand. Romans 8, 1 says, and this is what condemnation, there's now no for condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we felt condemnation. We felt guilt. And God says, there is none. You see how that scripture is written, how there are things in the Bible that say, no, this doesn't belong to you. No, this doesn't belong to you. And though we experience that. And that's what I need you to get because we can get to a place where they're going, well, the Bible says this and this is happening. That's the dilemma of this world and what we have from what Jesus did in our spirit, in our covenant, in our understanding of our rights of the cross. But the key is, is realizing this so it can take us to the level that God wants us to live. And this is where I want to get us to because, listen, I don't want us operating in fear. I want us operating a life of wisdom where we're, we're recognizing responsibility. Washing hands is not fearful. Washing hands is right. I mean, one of the first things you do as, if I've done missions for years, and one of the first things you do is you start getting people to understand the importance of these things. You're sending the gospel, but you're also saying, listen, you need to start using hygiene. Doing things that help you live longer. Eating correctly, eating right, it, that will help you live longer. You guys get this? Exercising. I know some of you think of it as a dirty word. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm telling you right now. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you have to go do a 10K. It isn't. But what it is, is you do something every day that raises your heart rate. That's what you need to understand. We are going to be people that just, we just get in this groove and we stay this way for weeks and weeks and weeks, months and months and months, years and years and years. And we've got to recognize, what do I need to do to build up my immune system to make me more healthy? And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of these diets some of you are jumping on aren't going to make you healthy. Fruit is in your experience. Your immune system is the key. Don't diet. Eat correctly. Eat right. Eat healthy. I'm not trying to establish a weight size, a look. I want you all to be healthy. Healthy. But that's making sure you pay attention to what you're eating, how much you're eating, and to exercise. I didn't say go out and get a gym membership. Most of those people have already quit. No, serious, they're already out. 
You can go to the gym now and don't have to wait too long. They're all, all, everybody's most gone now. It's just the way it is. The key is, is we need to recognize that. Why? Because we are supposed to operate in wisdom. God gave us wisdom. It says here, God has not given us spirit of fear, but power, empowerment, love, and a sound mind. And the Greek word sound is discipline. Well-disciplined. And I know, I know, just like condemnation, we don't have, fear we don't have, and now God says you got a discipline mind, you're like going, I don't have that either. I'm, I'm, I'm batting zero. I got fear, I got condemnation, and I don't have a sound mind. I mean, couldn't you all say that? I mean, can you look at it and go, my mind's not disciplined. And see, this is the issue. I'm trying to get you to understand. There's a lot in Scripture... <laughs> A lot in scripture that is going to be spoken about you and what you have and what belongs to you that you're like, where? Where is it? And my growth, my, my journey in this faith walk, which I have experience in. So with that experience, I have the ability to help you because I know it's helped me. And for those that have listened to me, it's helped them. But what you do is you look at this and you realize, wait a minute, through this journey, I've had to come to the understanding that even though I've got a temperature, my nose is running, my throat is itchy, that the word of God says I'm healed. That's it. I don't debate the truth. I need to debate with myself. So I need to understand, does God's word mean what it says? I believe it does. And through the process of growing in understanding, I've come to a level where I can overcome this stuff in a way greater percentage than what I used to years ago. You can ask Pastor Lau. I don't, I don't get, last year I got sick one time, but it doesn't put me down sickness. What, how come? Because I've learned and and this is the key, always add the plus, you know, Apple plus, Disney plus. The plus is this. If you watch my journey, you will see a change in eating habits, understanding of health. I thought we're talking about Bible and spiritual. Exactly, I am. That is biblical and it is spiritual. And I don't know why we have to fight for a right to eat terrible. Why? Why do we have to do this when we know everybody around us eats the same way? They're dying early. They're dealing with all kinds of medical issues. And instead of going, you know what? I'm going to jump off this train because it ain't going down a path I want it to go. I'm going to realize this just doesn't work good. Instead of being the dumb one that goes, yeah, my great-grandpa died at 105 and he smoked and drank every day. I've heard it. And they end up dying in a few years. It's ridiculous. You can't be that person. You gotta realize how important you are to life because you're very, very important. Listen, I'm not concerned about eternity or heaven. That belongs to you. I'm concerned about right now. Your testimony, your story. No, who's going to hear the truth unless you're here living it? And that's more important than anything else. 
Not a religious story, a life story. A journey that says, yeah, I've been there. I was there before. I lined up in the medicine. You know, every season came by. I was lined up with everybody else, stocking up on NyQuil like everybody else. And that's the concept that we have in the place we're at. And I understand that because I've been there before. Completely been there before. But as you grow and as you're maturing in scripture, you, it's not like you don't have to have it or you won't ever need it. It's, it doesn't need to be used because I'm fine. I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm healthy. But I'm not gonna attribute it to I read the Bible every day. I'm not gonna attribute it to I've been serving Jesus for a long time, I deserve it. No, it's the journey I've walked and I'm an understanding. And if I feel or experience something I know it doesn't belong to me, I'm gonna make a stand. And that's what I want y'all to do, make a stand. Like I said, doctor, medicine, none of that's wrong. None of that defines that you're a weak or a loser of a Christian. None of it. I wasn't. It was where I was at. That's it. That's it. It's where I was at. And each stage, I've graduated to a different level. That's all I'm saying. Each stage, we should be graduating. Should we not? Isn't that the principle of life itself? First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Do, are we supposed to stay in first grade when we're sixth graders? No. The knowledge and information that we receive, we need to start acting upon, putting it to work. And what does it do? It increases understanding, wisdom, and how to operate on this earth in a different mindset than one-year-old to sixth grade. And from sixth grade to twelfth grade. Are you guys hearing this? This is, a, this is a, a concept that I believe should put you at ease and not get you all stressed out. Not start seeing yourself as, I gotta become all this spiritual genius to be able to walk in this. No, it's you being able to get it now. Get the information now and start living it. Start believing it. And if you've got a cold, you got a flu, you still believe that God's the healer, that God gave you a covenant of health. That's what you stand on. I'm telling you, it's, the process of growth is not instantaneous. It doesn't happen like that. Okay, I get it. I believe it. Boom. It's never going to happen again. It doesn't work that way. But the growth and understanding gives you the ability to fight differently. And if you start doing this, you're going to see things happen. A week-long sickness normal, two-week-long sickness normal, all of a sudden starts getting cut shorter and shorter and shorter. Why? Because your concept of eating, exercise, scripture, all these things in life working together give the ability to fight stronger, your body stronger, your immune system stronger. You guys get this? All right. I know it should have been health 101, right? First John 4, 18. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. This is so powerful. But perfect love drives out fear. What, is, what drives out fear? Perfect love. What, see, I only know one perfect love. That's the, the Father. He sent Jesus. Jesus is the picture of that perfect love. That perfect love to drive out fear means I've got to focus in on him and not what's causing the fear. And when I focus on him, it will what? Drive out fear. 
not drive out wisdom. Let me, let me give you just a, as a parent, all right? I, I don't want you to, I, I want to keep you grounded, not get you uh, freaky spiritual, all right? I have a specific belief of my health and scripture to my health. I don't push that on my wife. I don't push it on my kids. She doesn't push her on me or my kids. What does that mean? My kids aren't living my faith. They're not there yet. So I'm not going to dictate my faith in a way of an experience that they're having from where they're at. So if they have a cold or a flu, I'm not saying, well, my faith is you do this. But that's not their faith. Now, I have a parental authority to combat that, but they're still experiencing it. So me as a parent, my first thing is to do what? I want them healed, but what is my first thing to do? Alleviate the pain. So I know there are things that you can buy that alleviate symptoms. Won't heal them. It'll alleviate a symptom. And what will that do? Well, it'll help them get a longer sleep, which your body needs for its immunity. It'll help them calm themselves in a symptom. Doesn't heal them. And I understand that. So I recognize that over my kids. And as they got older and older, they started understanding their place of health and healing. And they're at a more mature level than what they used to be. But I would never not take them to a doctor. I would never not give them medicine. That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. That's freaky teaching. That's goofy doctrine. But what I will do is I'll operate in my faith for me. And I want them to see that faith in operation to help them grow. Help them mature. Because if they don't have an example, they won't live. They're going to live to the example that you present them. And I don't, anybody that's ever done any type of medicine, understand nurses or anything in here, you already know that doctors and the, the nurses, they can't do anything but prescribe or give you stuff. They can't heal the body. They can't do anything. Do you guys get this? They can't. Now, you can operate and take something out and pull something in and close something. You can do all that, but that doesn't produce the healing. Like I said, thank God for these people. But the key is, is what do you believe in? See, I'm going to believe in what I believe in. If I have to go to the doctor or if I go to my, I don't even know the name of them, exam. Physical, there you go, physical. I'm like anti-doctor and anti-dentist. Just, I don't like going to their offices. I don't like going to hospitals. I don't. I don't like it. But thank God for them. Right? That's all I'm saying. Y'all want you, the reason why I'm really amplifying this, because your pastor is, is very grounded, but he's also very knowledgeable in Scripture. So that should put you at ease that he knows the Word of God real good, and he's talking in a way where, that's a journey I can get to. And that's what I want you to understand. It is a journey you can get to. But you also need to recognize if you've been hearing and understanding Scripture for years and you're still on first base, you need to start changing things up. All right? 
Because there should be growth in this area. It's, it's, it's what you need to do. So start working on the cuts in your life to stand in faith. Don't try to start standing in faith for open heart surgery. Do you get that analogy? That's what I did. I started working on the headache and the aspirin. That's the first thing I started on in, in my walk, my journey of health. First thing, I started saying, well, I'm going to start with the headache. And when I get a headache, I'm not going to run to the aspirin because that would be the first thing I'd do. And it was tough at the beginning. But ultimately, I got to a place where I'd never need aspirins, never. Allergies, terrible, terrible allergies. Not, not a rough time, miserable time miserable allergy time. And it would last months and months and months. I mean, it, it was bad. And ultimately, I got to a place where it doesn't belong to me. And I made a choice that I'm not going to have it no more, and I'm not going to do anything about it. If my nose starts running, my throat starts itching, and, and that, you know, the sinus run like a river, and my eyes would swell up, I just said, you know what? I'm just not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to receive my healing. It's crazy, and I'm saying this is, a, this is something that's automatic, what you expect, but it happened with me, and it was where I was at. I took a stand, and I never had it since, ever, never. Just where I was at and what I believed at that point. I've had battles with different things like flus or where I would be knocked on my feet for weeks. Remember I'd get where I couldn't even talk? What happened? Where, where's your faith? My faith's always been where my faith is. My belief has always been what my belief is. I believe he's the healer, and I believe he gave me a covenant of health. Well, what happened there? I had to grow in that area. Areas of growth are not one area, multiple areas. And ultimately, I realized it goes beyond just this common sense. Common sense. You're not exercising. You don't eat right. And once we started doing all this stuff, it helped. And this is a key. It helped in our ability to fight things that we shouldn't have been fighting in the first place just by being more healthier. You guys getting this? All right. I know when you start talking about health, everybody gets like guilty and condemned and uh, get me out of this place. But I honestly do want you, I want you whole. I want you healthy. I don't want you battling the stuff that most of us battle a lot. And live a strong, prosperous life, body, soul, and spirit. That's what, you're, that's what Jesus came to give you, so let's take it, amen? Come on now. There's no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with psychological torment. Fear has to do with psychological torment. Psychological torment causes physical sickness and disease. I'm not talking about a one-time thing. I'm talking about chronic. You're constantly thinking fearful. You're when you're doing this, it's affecting your physical body. This is, this is science, all right? And the key is recognize it, understand it. We want victory over this, do we not? Amen. I, I, I got this. This was from old notes. Um, so I didn't have the person who said this. I couldn't find it. So this is what was said. 
If people are afraid, it's because of something in the past that haunts them or something in the present that upsets them or something in the future that they feel threatens them. Or it may be a combination of all three. I thought that was really good. People in fear have something in the past that haunts them, something in the present that upsets them, or something in the future that they feel threatens them. I, I think this is really interesting because God's love says we don't have to have fear, past, present, or future. He says that it doesn't belong to us, amen? This is an acronym of fear. This is, you can, this is seen everywhere. <clears throat> false evidence appearing real. Fear. False evidence appearing real. And believe this or not, <clears throat> you, in your belief, is so powerful that you believe and will act according to to your belief, even if it's not real. That has been proven. Psychology, psychiatry, that is a proven statement that your belief is so powerful that you can believe something and your body will experience the effects of that belief even if it's not real. That's the power of your belief. I, I just need you to focus in on that, you know, because that's probably one of the most spiritual things you've ever heard right now, what I just said. Because what is it that you're believing? Your body doesn't know but what you believe. So why not go, God, I'm the most healthiest person on planet Earth. I'm like a Superman. I mean, bullets can't even hurt me. Try. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, what, what will happen? What will happen when you start believing, oh, it don't work that way. See, that's a problem. It does work that way. What are you always believing? You're always believing negative, always believing fearful thoughts. And I can show you your life, and I can show you everything that's happening. And we can go to the doctor and do checkups and show you what's affecting your physical body through all that fear, anxiety, and worry. Not going to help you. Won't change a thing, but you're believing it. And that belief is producing those results. So what do you have to do? Empower yourself in understanding you are in control of your thoughts. No one on this planet can affect your thoughts. None. The devil can't even. He can't make you think. You have to choose to think. He can, he can bring a thought in the sense of an, uh, an idea, but you will have to choose to continue thinking. You have to choose to think thoughts. You can have a freaky thought pop in your mind. Anybody ever have those? I mean, freaky thoughts. You're like, where'd that come from? It wasn't you, believe me. But those thoughts can come. So what do you do? You're going to fight it or entertain it? Your choice. That's why the Bible says, as a man or woman thinks in their heart, so are they. Do you guys, the, the picture of the Hebrew language is so amazing, but it literally means uh, as a, a man or woman thinks in their heart is the word, the Hebrew word for act as a gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper would let sheep in, animals in, or keep sheep, animals out. 
And in the Hebrew language, it says this, that as you, as a gatekeeper, open the door to thought or close the door to thought, so you will be, so who you are. What are you thinking? What are you processing? Are you guys hearing this? I want you to understand this because you're going to have many opportunities. The fear is going to be knocking all the time. And you have the opportunity to open or close it. We operate in wisdom. We recognize our responsibility to get to the next level in our faith maturity level, right? I'm not telling you to graduate to the place of you're in high school, now it's time to have a doctorate. That's not natural, is it? Nowhere on this planet it is. That's a spiritual truth to understand. Where you're at right now is where you need to start. And don't assume you have to get to this level to be living in success. It's not true. That's why the scripture says that childlike faith is empowered faith. Childlike faith, God used. Jesus said, if you have faith as a child... And the key to that is to realize that, listen, they don't have a lot of life experience. They don't have a lot of information. They don't have a deep past. But what they have ability is, is to imagine, right? Kids have the greatest imagination. You were there once, remember? Remember how it's changed? And you have a difficulty of imagining the way you used to? What happened? Life people, negative thoughts, negative experiences, started washing away the imagination, the ability to dream, to fly. And the people that have impacted us the most are the ones that would not stop that imagination. I'm telling you right now, every person that's created anything that we experience would not stop their imagination from flowing. People would laugh at them. People would make fun of them. People would call them names. But you know what? They wouldn't stop. They'd continue to believe stuff that was laughable. Fly, are you kidding? How stupid is that? No one's ever going to fly. And just rip, 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 rip. But they kept the imagination. Now I'm going to fly like a bird. I'm going to fly like a bird. I'm going to create a way to fly, a way to fly. Look how we fly today. Did it start like this? Did the Wright brothers pull up in a 747? No. How, how did it happen? Sticks. Sticks glued together in an imagination. And now look what we can do. We've been to the moon. Come on, Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. You belong to him. It's time to rev this thing up. It's time to start believing what belongs to you. I am healed of the Lord. I am highly loved by God. I am favored. And we start believing. We start experiencing exactly what he said belongs to us. And we don't stop that fight. It's mine. And if I'm saying I'm healed of God and I'm sneezing and coughing, I'm not going to stop the truth. I'm not going to. That's the truth. What I'm experiencing, it's temporary. It's subject to change. But the truth stands. And that's what strengthens me. I fight to the finish. 
you need to too, right? Fight to the finish. We gonna do this or not? John 16, I've told you this so that my peace will be with you. Jesus speaking. In the world, you're going to have trouble, distress, anguish, affliction, attacks. In this world, this is going to happen. He goes, but cheer up. What does that mean? Make a choice. Make a choice. Cheer up. I have overcome the world. Why is that important? Because he's laying down a law. A spiritual law that when he's overcome the world, we've overcome the world. So we might have these issues, but I have the opportunity to what? Cheer up. Cheer up. Proverbs 34, 4. 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I love this scripture. And delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. He's on your side. He's on your side. <laughs> How cool. Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions, evil distresses, calamity of the righteousness. But the Lord delivers him out of all of them. That's powerful. Luke 12, 31, seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be multiplied to you. Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is what God wants us, operating in his kingdom. Operating in his what? Kingdom. Remember the Bible talks about don't worry about these things. And Jesus said, don't worry about life. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about the things that, that are needed for life. Your father knows you need these things. He said, don't worry about it. Everybody is taken care of on this earth according to plan. Do not fear or worry about it. Your father loves you. He knows you need these things. You don't have to beg to God to get something he knows you need. He said, but seek first, prioritize the kingdom. Why? Because any other way will limit you. The kingdom expands your understanding and ability. It expands your understanding that you're not about just meeting a need, but meeting more than your needs. It gives you a whole different understanding of what God wants for you. And this is what he's saying. Recognize that it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When Jesus, there was a time when Jesus wanted to go to the other side of the sea. And he tells his disciples, we're going to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. We're going to the other side. As they were in the boat, and everybody in that boat has either made it their life duty of being in the boats, the fishermen, disciples, or they've traveled in boats. So they know about boats, they know about the sea, and they know about weather. They know what kills people and what doesn't when it has to do with a boat out in the sea. The Bible says Jesus was asleep in the boat. The storm came, started to fill the boat, and the boat began to sink. Jesus is asleep. 
the boat what? Began to sink. They had to wake Jesus up. The disciples woke Jesus and said to Jesus, do you not care? We're about to die. The boat is in the midst of a massive storm, filling up with water. They have to wake him up in the midst of the storm. Get him up, and then, do you not care? We're going to die. Jesus, peace, be still. Everything calms. Then he turns to them and says, why did you fear? See, it's how I started this message off. These guys had a lot of information, a lot of knowledge of what defines death or life, a lot of experience of what defines death or life. And what I'm saying is a lot of that knowledge you have has ability to open up door of fear because they did exactly what anybody would have done. We experience this. We know this. This is the reality. We're going to die. The knowledge they had. Jesus said, why did you fear? What was he doing? Sleeping. Do you honestly believe they were going to drown while Jesus slept in the boat? No. And that's why you understand do you honestly believe he wants you to drown when he's at peace? No. He believes in you. Don't fear. Don't fear. Let's live life. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.